It is. All right, I got it. Good morning and welcome to this edition of Healing Moments with Martha. Listen, guys, this is probably the most exciting interview I've done yet. And this really? guy needs no introduction. The name Brian Duncan is synonymous with Christian artist music. And I am so excited to welcome Brian Duncan to Healing Moments with Martha this morning. Thank you, Brian, for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with me and talk a little bit. Thank you so much. Well, I might need more than a healing moment. Well, the day is you know, extremely long. <laughs> it's it's like, a, yeah, that's you're okay. Gone, I'm back. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Um, Brian uh, is, grew up in North Carolina. We'll talk about that in a minute because that's actually my home state. And you yeah. are, you've had 18 solo albums, 16 number one hits, sold over a million uh, records. Here, let me and, write uh, this down. You know, <laughs> go, go ahead. I'm writing this down. You know, things to be grateful for later, you know. Right. How and, many did I sell? <laughs> yeah, over a million. So I, I cannot imagine that because I just reported my first song back in May. And so I just cannot imagine the career that you've uh, enjoyed. But uh, talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, growing up, you grew up in North Carolina, I think around Charlotte or somewhere like that. I don't remember. Uh, or maybe you didn't uh, my, say, just in North Carolina. My dad was an evangelist from the, he was, when he was 18, he was doing sermons. And uh, so, I mean, he moved around the country and uh, you know, for a long time, I thought he was running away from home. <laughs> I had to keep finding <laughs> So I mean, we, we lived in Utah. I was born in Utah. We, we lived in there and they were from Colorado, my folks. And uh, then we moved to Washington State and then we moved to North Carolina. And I finally ran away from home just to have a permanent address. <laughs> I, I get that. I do. So, but did, is that, I think I read that North Carolina is kind of where your music started um evolving was you started getting into your music is that true you remember, or is that well yeah true? i was in north carolina i i was 16 and okay. you know i would my dad would would have me you know playing in the background uh, he taught me how to play bass and mom gave me piano lessons well, she started me on the accordion which was you know pretty scary you know glad i can only imagine really yeah you wow know, the accordion wouldn't have worked well but uh you know uh somebody in the church gave me a guitar and i didn't know how to play a guitar so i made stuff up and that was the beginning of Did songwriting you? and i'm going well you know if i make something up nobody can say i'm playing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> exactly right what a great attitude i love it that is so true. So you started kind of uh, venturing out into music when you're 16. I love that. So how old were you when you put your first band together and like, ah, this is what I want to do. Do you remember? Oh man, I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure what went, what came first. Um, when I went to college, my first year was down in Florida and, you know, I, I was singing then you know, my own songs. And I'd, I'd wander around and tell people that I wrote this song for them. You know, it was mostly girls, but. Uh, <laughs> Let me impress the girls. Yeah, I wrote your song. Yeah, uh, I, wrote, I wrote this song for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but, you know, I, then I met a drummer down there at, at, at the local church and we started playing uh, just me on a guitar standing on a picnic table. And uh, he had a set of drums and he would just back me up and, you know, we'd sing in the park. That was back when you didn't need a, you know, a license to assemble. To do anything, right, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so much easier and so much simpler back then, right? So let's talk about when progressing from that to your first contract that you had. Was that with the word music, I believe, or not? I can't remember. <laughs> well, and a lot of stuff, a lot of water under the bridge before any of that stuff happened. You know, I played down, I got kicked out of college in, uh, in Florida. I wasn't missionary material, they told me. And so I was at a Bible college 
and then I went home and I can't, then I went out to California because uh, my so cousin. Let's back up. So let's back up to that. So what, what work, how did that affect you when they said, oh, you're not missionary material? Well, you were like, ah, I don't care. I mean, or no, you know, deeply yeah. hurt? I was 19. You know, when you're 19, yeah. you're pretty much clueless. You're just bouncing off, you're careening off the guardrails is what I call it. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, you have no idea what you're going to do. I changed my yeah. major uh, every semester. You know, I had no idea. <laughs> and then when I got to California, we started a band and the Sweet Comfort Band played. We played high schools and stuff for three years before anybody was even interested in, you know, doing a record and even then we had to raise our own money uh did you really yeah that first album was you know it was a ten thousand dollar project and i think we put up seven thousand of it and the record company didn't they had that much trust in us uh but after that you know it started to become a regular thing you know it was kind of a hobby that turned into a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> A hobby going wild. <laughs> That's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So you, so Sweet Comfort Band and Brian Duncan. And so y'all were, is that when you were doing uh, the, because I, I remember reading there were a year or maybe several years where you were doing like 200 concerts a year. Is that correct? Well, I wasn't counting, but we were gone all the time. <laughs> oh, so yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, the only time we were off was when we were driving to another gig. And, yeah, you know, a lot of that stuff started happening when we, uh, you know, got outside of the state of California, you know, and then we started playing, you know, other states. And then eventually you're all over the United States. And back then you couldn't afford an airplane ticket. So we had to drive to everything. So, you know, try to book as many things on the road as you can, uh, you know, rather than just spend five hours driving right absolutely so uh sweet comfort band brian duncan and you're traveling all over uh, all over the united states at what point you know what would, what was your relationship with jesus looking like then and were you married or still single or what was your social life well we're talking about a 10 or 12 year period with the sweet comfort band so i was single for half of it and I was married toward the end of that. In fact, you know, being married and, you know, I was almost 30 and suddenly we were going to have a child. And that's when I realized I'm going to have to get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I quit the band um, some point <clears throat> based on the fact that I had a kid coming. And uh, so I thought my career would be over by then. And I went to work, you know, to kind of make a real living. Uh, but you know, I wound up still, you know, six months later, I had a solo contract and, and so, I mean, I, I haven't tried to be in music. It just keeps happening. <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, we'll just do this then. Uh, and so I don't know. The question was, uh, what was it like in the early days? I lived in a garage for probably five years. Um, I had a piano there and a waterbed and, uh, it was a little two-room garage, and it was, it was one of those little hippie uh, hovels. Uh, uh, that's what I called it. <laughs> like, you know, know. The, you know, the hanging macrame plants, you know. Oh, the, yeah. Absolutely. The beans hanging in the doorway, yeah. and the carpet right. was orange, orange and green, and, you know. Shag carpet, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear shag you. Carpet. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, water beds were big back then. Oh, yeah. Had one. Absolutely. Had one actually when I was pregnant with my third child. Not a good idea. <laughs> well, I didn't put a heater in mine in my waterbed when I first put it together, and I like to froze to death. <laughs> I was like, wow, that water gets pretty cold. You it does. Put it does. Absolutely. So I fast forward, we're married, you're married, and a child on the way, and doing your first solo album. So how? Okay, well, we've moved up. We've moved a decade ahead. Let's see, where was I then? Well, I I had a little studio garage uh, thing that I played in, and I had my first kid. Uh, I don't know. I, I hadn't planned on being in music. Um, 
I was offered a contract. I also played a youth group. Somebody down the street invited me to play for their uh, their kids. And they paid me like $700. I'm going, wow, that's more than I made in a month with the Sweet Comfort Band. So I'm going, hey, I, this, I could do this on the side. Uh, and from there, some uh, light records offered me a, a contract. I wasn't really looking, but I was still writing songs. And uh, that first album was called Have Yourself Committed because... After 11 years in a rock and roll band on the road all the time, I, I was, I felt like I was going nuts. I just, you know, this is not a life. This is just, uh, you know, bouncing from one hotel room to the next, uh, you know, for years. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd shake hands with people for an hour at, and sing some songs to them. And then you'd be back in that little room. And yeah. So was, no, really real, did you feel like you had like any community at that point? Or was it just going from gig oh, to absolutely gig? Not. Absolutely not. Oh, you were asking, though, about, you know, what my relationship with God was. I mean, that was, he was the only uh, sense of community between the band and my relationship with Jesus. There, there was, there wasn't really anybody else. But, you know, growing up, uh, my folks moved around all the time. I was the new kid all the time. So, you know, I mean, yeah. I've been writing has been a source of sanity for me because you know i was always by myself and i was used to it so it never occurred to me that i should have uh, other working relationships i could see I, I can totally understand that i mean i i get that um and that's a hard place especially growing up like as a teenager you're looking for connection and relationships and wow yeah. Yeah, and so I can understand that the songwriting was kind of where Brian could be Brian and, and express what he was feeling. I mean, if I'm understanding it correctly. Yeah, and, you know, somebody was asking me about that the other day about, you know, uh, Christian music. And I'm going, we didn't see ourselves as a Christian band or anything. It was, we were a band and we were following Jesus and we thought that was kind of normal. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We were, we were actually almost depressed when they they invented a, a genre name for, you know, we started calling it contemporary Christian because, I mean, it just shelved us immediately. We, instantly, we were branded as these people. You know, you might as well put a, you know, a warning label on the album. <laughs> a caution, you know, uh, explicit, right. explicit Jesus lyrics. They may harm you. <laughs> they you may, and or they suddenly, might alter your life. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. we were kind of depressed about it, frankly. Were you really? You know, I mean, it, because we were suddenly labeled as, you know, somebody to avoid or maybe a, you know, a Mary Kay salesman. Yeah. <laughs> or a used car salesman, same thing, right? You want yeah. to avoid those people, yo. And that's really interesting that, that, um, that connecting the dots on it, because, I mean, I'm, I, I turned 60 back in July, so we're about the same age, but. I hadn't really thought about the uh, impact that creating that genre would have on music and, and on bands. And I, that's, uh, you know, but y'all definitely being out there every day, y'all definitely made the connection. Yeah. Wow. Um, so let me, I, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So you're, let's fast forward to, to marriage and you're married, one child. How many children did y'all have all together? Well, I had two boys. Uh, the other one came four years later, and I had been married for five years before we had a child because uh, you know, I was living in almost poverty uh, back in the in the early days. And uh, so, yeah, we, we had two kids, you know, uh, being on the road all the time. And, you know, my my lifestyle uh, cost me my first marriage and. You know, I've been since remarried for the last 15 years almost. And uh, and now I have two daughters uh, inherited uh, from my current wife. And they're they're giving me grandkids out the wazoo. <laughs> it's like I know you've got four grandkids, a fifth one on the way. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. I wasn't 
I didn't think I'd be excited about grandkids. I always rolled my eyes when somebody talked about <laughs> them going, you know, I don't see the point, you know, it's like herding chickens and, <laughs> you know, but. Well, it first, is, especially when they're toppers, right? Yeah. Well, the absolutely. first time, the first time my uh, uh, first uh, granddaughter threw her arms around my knee and laid her head on my knee. And it was like, it was the weirdest feeling. It was like, wow, I don't think I've ever felt this. And I turned into a mushy person. And, uh, <laughs> he was and there all along. Him, yeah, I let them do whatever they want. <laughs> like, oh, you want a popsicle just before we eat? Sure. <laughs> of course, Mimi's not happy with me. <laughs> oh, that's good. But, you know, that's what grandchildren, that's, that's you know, we spoil them, give them sugar and send them back home, right? This is what we do with the grandkids, right? Making good memories. That's what it's all about. So you said, so the, the first year, the, the first marriage ended. Did that end as a result of you being gone all the time or were there other factors, if you don't mind me asking? Or was there well, a- <laughs> it was about being gone all the time and it, um, a lot of it. And, you know, there was there was other details that I will take on my, as my own responsibility that, you know, uh, that led to a, a lack of trust on her part. So, you know, I mean, you know, it wasn't her fault. I think, you know, at the end she said, we don't, we don't want the same things. And I, I didn't even understand what she meant by that. You know, I said, well, you know, I said, uh, you know, when when we broke up, I said, well, don't you need a man uh, at some point? And she said, no, I have Jesus. So I wow. For, for a while, I told people, uh, you know, my wife left me for Jesus. And of course, she said, I just want a godly man. And I, I don't think she saw, you know, I mean, you know, there's two sides of all of us. And, right. you know, yeah, it's great when you can just project you know, your sweet side, but you know, there's a, another side to all of us. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately she said, I, I just want a godly man. And I said, well, maybe we could take out an ad in the paper. That was probably the wrong thing to say. But, <laughs> it uh, might've been. Uh, well, you know what? I never, I never tried to be, you know, holier than thou ever, you know, I, yeah. I've lived in the grace of God. And I've made humongous mistakes and, you know, I've preferred my own way over God's uh, and I still have a tendency to do that without, you know, proper guidance on a daily basis. I, I read every morning and take a moral inventory of my life <clears throat> because um, it just, it takes nothing to get off track. Nothing. Amen on that. It's the, it the, the skittiest thing. And you said a more moral inventory that sounds like 12 steps to me 12 step recovery is. that's what i thought i i've done 12 step recovery so there's no shame there and i i'm, I'm grateful for 12 step recovery i mean it's why why i'm where I am well here's today. the thing about here's the thing about that you know when i started to realize that i had some problems that were unmanageable that my life had become unmanageable because of them and you know people automatically think that you're like mainlining heroin or you know, alcoholism or something, but it happens to all of us. At some point, we we look for ways to to comfort ourselves or to escape from some of the realities, the uncomfortable things in our lives that don't produce good things. And, you know, eventually you've accumulated a pile of crap that's just, that's moth and rust corrupts. And you start to realize, I, I, I played for a 12-step group and I listened to them read the 12 steps, you know, uh, after I'd played the concert. And when they said we admitted that we that are that we were powerless over some of our dependencies and that our life had become unmanageable, unmanageable. right. It just yeah. it's it it hit me in the face. It was like, wow, that's me. And I wasn't an alcoholic. I wasn't a drug addict. I, I just my life was becoming unmanageable. Even in the sweet comfort band, I was just going with the flow most of the time. And yeah, there was disasters that I could have avoided, you know, uh, yeah. but mostly because I was just, 
letting my life happen to me. And I mean, there's a certain amount of that that, that is not within your control, but you know, right. Started to have, make a more serious commitment to commit my ways uh, to the Lord and um, ask him for guidance on a daily basis, which maybe I was just kind of floating through life, you know, before that and wondering why things didn't happen the way I wanted them to. Uh, and I, without sounding, um, I don't know, I get that and not to have, but that was kind of where I was. Uh, and so that's why I recognize, I mean, that's why I uh, can resonate with that because that free spirit that we probably both are being creative individuals and free spirit and creative and almost a swinging by the seat of our britches kind of thing, you know, just take life as it comes, you know, and you're well, right. Well, there's a certain amount of that that's nice. I mean, it, it's nice. Right. To, it's, a, it's okay. Right. To be but comfortable then, with things that you can't control, but at the right. same time, uh, when you don't time, control the things you can, you're, you know, you're just right. Happy. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm alluding to. That that, that that's a, a, it has its benefits of living life like that or approaching life like that, but it also has its uh, not so good side as well. How long ago was that? for you did that that intersection happen for you when you played for the 12-step recovery band I mean recovery group and then you're like oh shit that's me <laughs> well you know I don't think I mean it just hit me I mean the first time I heard that it it just kind of hit me as wow that that kind of applies and I may not be addicted to something uh but my life is has become unmanageable. And I remember, uh, you know, getting counseling early on because I was kind of the victim of an intervention. You know, a bunch of my friends got together when we had this dinner and they, they started talking about how angry my humor was and how mean spirited I was coming off on stage on occasions, you know, my little side snide remarks and stuff. And I didn't even see it. I, you know, yeah. I wasn't the one to see that. And I, I was offended, of course, you know, how dare you uh, tell me I've got a problem, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I, which is typical re response. Yeah. Well, you know what? I started going to counseling, you know, for my own sanity's sake. And a lot of it was uh, revolved around spiritual abuse. I mean, uh, okay. it's, that's a heavy word, but no, it's, uh, yeah. there's a, yeah there's a passive aggression uh, that happens in church. You know, if you don't mm -hmm. believe like I believe, then I'm going to make you pay or. Yeah. Um, exactly. And so, I mean, I've never made right. a big testimony about it because it's, it's hard to put into words what that's like. You know, there's people yeah. looking for Christian buzzwords when you show up and, and you're discounted if you, if you say the wrong thing or you're, you know, you, you don't, act like everybody at their church and yeah. you know and when you're when you're playing around christians all the time um there was a a judgmentalism that you know nobody says out loud but you know they can certainly cut you off in a heartbeat and Absolutely. i think yeah i think i was reacting to something it was an unseen enemy um of just being hurt all the time and not realizing that you know that you've been hurt you know that's the thing yeah. There's a I'm bleeding out over here and I don't even know it, right? <laughs> yeah, right? somebody stab you in the back and you don't really <laughs> yeah. know about it. You don't you, know about it, like yeah. Until you're absolutely. a court low, <laughs> yeah. like wonder why you're not doing well. I was wondering what what the heck was wrong. Now I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I don't I don't mean to cast uh, you know shadows on on the Church of God. What I mean we are we're all broken souls and, and it's the whole point of God, you know, saving us by his grace. Cause we were not going to live up to the standard. And yeah, you know, eventually I wrote that song. We all need, I was raised on the lessons and the victory speech and I fought for the standards that I could not reach. And who knew that I didn't even know at the time when I wrote that song, I thought I don't have anything to say. And I was thinking, I'm at a loss for words. And so that's how the song started. It was like, 
uh, we all feel lost sometimes. And then I yeah. started talking in the verse and didn't realize that I had all that stuff in there. And yeah. this is where counseling is a wonderful thing because um, <clears throat> a counselor can sometimes bring stuff out of you that you didn't know was there. Or yeah, have your finger zero in on it. I totally agree. I mean, because I know in my own, I call it emotional sobriety because of spiritual abuse and crap like that that had finally taken its toll and trauma. But um, you're right. The counseling, 12 step, and God just uses a myriad of things to bring, you know, healing that we need. And that's I'm I'm so happy for you, you know. To hear. Oh, I'm happy for me too. <laughs> like I, well, I mean, I don't mean that sarcastically. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people they go through their life and they they never get this right here, you know, that you're talking about the aha well, moment, or they just dismiss it entirely. Well, you know, I mean, because of songwriting, you know, I have to examine what I'm saying, and you know, I, yeah. I write things down and I look at them and. And then I ask myself if that's true. Is that is that true? Um, and what's the difference between the truth and how I feel about things? Uh, because that's a whole nother nightmare. Yeah. Where you know absolutely. you think feelings are telling you the truth, and your feelings are seldom telling you the truth. And that's why we have the Word of God, and, and you have to kind of balance your life with what God says is true, and rather than how I feel about it. Very well said, and but and, but I'll say this: I think the church so for so long, and I mean, yes, she's got her faults, and as I do, and we evidently both suffer from the hands of the church and bad doctrine, bad theology, and all of that fun stuff, um, and being judged judged for whatever you know reasons that they want to throw at us, uh, not the right verbiage, oh, or being a single parent with three kids, or whatever the heck it was, you know, they decided they wanted judge us on. But um, I'm grateful for your music. And I was just going to name, if I may, a couple of my favorites. And um, how, the, I mean, so I would say my, no, my number one favorite is probably, uh, this is hard, Traces of Heaven. The video on that is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. It is just like off the charts, crazy good. It's just so. It, I, I look at that. And I go. How it's also the heck very expensive. Did you film that? That was awesome. Wow. Well, we hired a helicopter with a camera. I figured on. that. Yeah. Was and, that? Uh, oh. And he almost blew me off that mountain too. I, oh, was, I can. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, he's hovering above you. Scary. And you didn't. <laughs> wow. Well, we're grateful nothing happened. I mean, but I love that. That that's just the. Oh, such a beautiful creative video and I, I'm grateful that you did that I love that uh that one Blue Skies is probably my favorite album bar none I'll just say that it just okay is. uh and you probably hear this stuff all the time but just because a couple of years ago uh, because I was still bitter about music in general uh and feel like God was punishing me for some things okay and because yeah just different things and my voice had changed and autoimmune diseases had you know set in and but that album oh my gosh it, Jesus just used that album so much just to love me back to himself in so many levels really? uh yeah I barely and, remember I, I don't I'm not even sure what songs are on there other than blue sky I still play blue skies by the way because that was uh, that song came after uh, about two years of uh, I was going through a divorce at the time and there was about two years where nothing was fun nothing was funny and uh, one day I laughed I, I laughed at something on the radio and it it freaked me out because I'm going wow I haven't laughed it realized that I hadn't laughed for I a long time of all the hurt yeah and that and that's that. where the line i saw a clearing in the clouds today much to my surprise i you know it was honestly uh to know how you love me has helped me change my ways is it's as simple as that sometimes is yeah absolutely when you yeah. start to really believe that god is is redeeming you 
even when you don't feel like he is. Um, Absolutely. There's a, yeah. there's a, it's a, it's a load off. What a load. It off. is. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, and you're right. It, you are ever so correct. That, well, that one and the other song that I, oh my gosh, is um, take another look at me. Oh, I uh -oh. love that song. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That one, because it's such an invitation from Jesus, because I think there, I mean, obviously in your life and in, I know in my life, there comes that intersection where he's like, come on back. I need you to take another look. I know yeah. everything about you. I know the hurt before it happened. I mean, I, I, and just the personal view of God looking and knowing how, you know, how just, oh, I just love that song. I really do. Thank you for writing okay. that. I'm so grateful for that song. Well, the one thing really I, over the long haul that I understand, you know, I understand that I don't know a lot about God. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about Why it not, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a little bigger than I have in my mind. Oh, okay. Right. I was glad. <laughs> I was thinking about, I was watching the Discovery <laughs> Channel and, you know, we watch these animal shows and I'm watching, you know, examples of the food chain and I'm going, what kind of a God let's uh, feeds one animal <clears throat> with the babies of another, you know, it's like, <laughs> think about that for a second. I'm going, know, it's a little disturbing. It is. But, you know, our primary purpose here is to know God, <clears throat> to know him yeah. and, you know, not necessarily understand him, but know that um he's he promises to be here for me and yeah. that he's there even if i don't see him or feel him yeah and um it's hard that's a hard thing to get your head around especially it is i agree chances. um yeah. but that's the whole idea of you know take another look at me it's mm -hmm. it's um wow i you know there's another song where i said you got me shaking uh time out i thought i had you figured out it, it was uh, into my heart, out of my head was the song. Oh, yep. Yeah. I like and that one too. Yeah. It was, it was really about, um, wait a minute. You know, I think I know what God's going to do. And I really don't. I really don't. And, uh, <laughs> and he scares the crap out of me sometimes. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just as surely as we think we haven't figured out, he goes, watch this. Okay, kids, hold on. <laughs> well, he never, he, he never looked likes to do things the same way twice no he yeah. doesn't he's it's very creative kind of about that you know yeah. you know and we get into a similar situation and we look back and we go oh he did this last <laughs> time and he's like no i've got another card to play <laughs> yeah it's what i'm finding out you know but oh, you well. know even <laughs> even in the new circumstances i mean we're in we're, seems like a really hateful society in a lot of ways, or maybe we're, mm. it's just, they just magnify that in the news, um, the intolerance yeah. and the, yeah. and the vindictive nature of humanity. You know I mean? We haven't, we haven't improved much. Um, <laughs> I agree. But, you know, one thing yeah. for sure is, you know, why does God allow suffering is because I pray a lot more when, when I'm not doing well. <laughs> If everything's fine, we do uh, right. Okay, right. I got this. Thanks for uh, thanks for being there, but I'm going to be over here. So yeah, absolutely. And that that mentality um, doesn't work. It really doesn't. That whole you know, thank God I, I thanks for showing up. See you later. You know, and I I'm just grateful that he continues to pursue us. You know, with his grace and mercy, and love us and woo us. You know, well, sometimes he has kind of like, you know, like the shepherd kind of like, that's far enough. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> Come on back. We'll be waiting for you. Come on. I got a spot right for you. Right here. Thank you. You know, and, and I'm just grateful. And I know you are as well for all the times that he pulls us back, you know, into his, into his fold, you know, and sits us right, you know, right. I, I got a spot for Brian right here. And I have to say, I mean, I don't know how you were in your relationship with Jesus, but it took me a hell of a long time to really get my head around that or to even understand that he had a place just for Martha right by him at the banquet table. 
And I, that was not a, a truth that I grew up with, you know? I wow. don't know. Does that make sense to you? I mean, did you grow up with that at all or not really? Oh, no. Oh, I, I grew up with all of that, though. I mean, I, I was given all the answers before I had any of the questions. So it's kind of like <laughs> my life has been, a you know, a sad show of jeopardy. You know, uh, <laughs> what what is the question? Uh, well, the question is, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's kind of the opposite for me. Really? Okay. I, uh, I, I'm a... I, uh, I'm a slow learner on some of those things. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do this one more time. <laughs> and that's okay. So um, married now for 15 years, and you've got two boys and two girls and uh, some grandchildren. Four and, grandkids and one on the way next year. Yes, I'm so excited for you. And what do they, what do the grandkids call you? They, they don't call me anything. <laughs> you know, I chase them around and say, don't do that, you know, and get off of that. So that's, you know, I think I've heard them say grandpa, grandpa sometimes. It's they're, uh, you know, they're kind of in their own world and I'm just on the sidelines. I wrote a, a song recently uh, about my granddaughters that he goes, uh, she doesn't have a name for me. She simply thinks I'm grand. Uh, I love it. And she, you know, the, the, the hook of the song is, look what I can do. Uh, <clears throat> I bet you can't do this. Look what I can do. <laughs> so, I mean, that became the song. It's just like, yeah. and I never knew till now, <clears throat> this love could be the best when I am doing nothing more than being here for this. Because I remember I'm, I'm babysitting and I, I'm feeling like I'm wasting my time because I'm just watching kids. It doesn't feel like a career. Right. And and I didn't think I would write a song out of it, but you know, it's a, it's a tearjerker of a song. It goes, uh, and she starts her prayers with God is good. And she ends with yay. Amen. <laughs> and she says, now I'm not so sure who's walking, who, uh, showing me where to begin. And the song is, it. you know, I, I've gotten mushy in my old age and, you know, I'm writing sentimental Christmas songs and, and uh, things about my grandkids. And I never saw this part of my life coming. I really didn't. Yeah. And I never knew the feelings that I would have. And that's the goal. That's the great thing. God doesn't fill you in. Cause you know, you wouldn't understand it, but you know, some of the best things in your life happen when you're not paying attention. It's uh, they're not, you know, while you're making your plans, your life happens. And I would say that Absolutely. some yeah. of the best things in your life are things that you didn't see coming. Absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Absolutely. You, you have worded it well, my friend. Uh, so what is Brian Duncan? I know you're the, uh, I was asking what it's on the horizon, but uh, I'm going to back up for a half a minute because I remember you're the host of a, a radio talk show, I believe it is. Uh, what's yeah. it called? Uh, I, I, did a, I always wanted to be a radio DJ. You know what I mean? I always, always wanted to have my own morning show, you know, because it just seemed like all they did was cut up and play music. And I'm going, I Absolutely. could do that. <laughs> But it <laughs> turns out, you know, you don't even get to choose the music in a radio station. You know, they do that and then you just run commercials. <laughs> it's like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. uh, but I did a radio show after, you know, spending a lot of time, you know, working recovery program um, and going through the 12 steps. And I, one of the things in the 12 step program says is having a, having had a, an experience, a spiritual experience, you sought to give back to others in yeah. a way, you know, and I don't hear a lot of people talk about what they learned in recovery, you know, they just say, Oh yeah, it's kind of hip to say, Oh, I was in rehab, you know, makes you sound kind of yeah. cool. Nobody ever talked about what they learned. And I thought, well, you yeah. know, I learned a whole bunch of stuff. Number one, there is a God and you're not him. Uh, yes. And neither am I. Uh, right. Very and so, you know, it's kind of a way to, cause I'm, I had a counselor tell me once, he says, you are an external processor. You have to like write it down and then stand back and look at it just to know what you're feeling. <laughs> and it's like, that's right. exactly 
true. That's that's why yeah. I write and that's songs. why the songwriting works so well for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the radio show is just a fun. It's really fun. It's a thirty-minute program. There's I did fifty of them, and they're just online at radiorehab.com. Okay. But um, yeah. they were. I would do some principles based on the principles of recovery, and then there's this one section where I you know, I, it's called dear God. And it's just like, I wrote a book about that lady later called dear God prayers. You won't hear at church. And they were, you know, because whatever the sermon is, I hear the antithesis, uh, you know, and I have the, the negative commentary in the back of my head running almost before the scripture is read, you know, I'm going, I know what that sounds like. And <laughs> it, it was like the song, I love you with my life. Uh, the first time I remember reading, uh, I was in the Sweet Comfort Band and I read where Jesus says, I love you, but I'm going to prepare a place for you and I will be back to pick you up. And I'm going, oh, I'm not buying that chili. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wait, wait, where have I heard that before? I love you, but I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, ironically, yeah. the song came out really nice, but it, you know, my thought process is always on the back side of it. It was like, I have a song that I wrote called, uh, about Adam and Eve, told from Adam's point of view that's hysterical. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, he says, you know, it was a sweet little find that I should have declined when she had <laughs> that mango to me. <laughs> and, and that's the way uh, radio rehab is like that, where right. I. I present a principle in recovery. I talk about, uh, I, I add songs that fit the uh, scenario and they're not all my songs. They're people that I know. And, you know, yeah. I play right. a, a, a secular side stuff, you know, uh, <gasps> fit, you fit heathen, I'm kidding. <laughs> but they, Secular songs say a lot of honest things that, you know, right, they do. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Need to be but, remembered. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of yeah. my, one of that song, I, I heard one, I can't remember who wrote it, but there's a song called, I want something else to get me through this. <laughs> and I'm going, <laughs> well, there it is in a nutshell. We, we kind of do, you know, yes. finally hit right. the nail on the head. Yeah. Is, right. And that's how we wind up where we are, because, you know, yeah. I want something else to get me through this. Absolutely. You're right. You, you, <laughs> amen. We can now sing a song and pass the plate because we've been preached to. <laughs> you know what I do? I, I do uh, nutshell sermons, too, on hashtag nutshell sermons on Twitter, because you know, some of the best things I ever heard were when God said he answers an unfinished sentence to me, you know, smart aleck stuff. Like, you know, I spoke to God the other day and he, he said, Jesus would have taken a bullet for you, but at the time they only had nails. <laughs> <coughs> or uh, I do a hashtag, I follow Jesus because I can't fix you and I wish somebody would. <laughs> um, so, uh I know you've written two books. You mentioned one. Is it two books you've authored? I know one's the, the prayers you won't hear at church, which I I want to get a copy of that. I I read that because I'm sure it's delightful. What is it? Is there another book that you've written? I wrote one called Five Second Devotions, which is about <laughs> as long as long as I can sit still. And you know, basically, you know, that whole book is here. Okay, I spoke to God. Here's what He said. You know, and. <laughs> And it, so, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's entertaining, but at the same time, it, it really reflects uh, God's point of view um, and what he might say to you. Uh, your, body yeah. is a, your body is a temple, not an apartment complex. <laughs> it's like, you know, those kind of, you know, they're nutshell. nutshell yeah. and I, I, I And I, I do that on... I post a lot of that kind of stuff on, on my Twitter page too. So it's like, uh, you know, I like to, you know, get it down to something that you can remember. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. Um, that's, that's, <laughs> that sounds fun. I'm just going to say that because, you know, I can think of so many, well, I'm one of them, but 
I'm thinking about like my, my daughter, who's the mother of two toddlers. I mean, she didn't have time for a 30 minute devotion. You know, she wants nope. to read it and go, right? You know? You know, yeah, well, the book just, is the book is called "Spoke to God." He said, um, yeah, "Spoke to God." He said, "Okay." Uh, basically, it's it's a five second devotional, and it's like it just keeps it keeps God on the forefront of your mind when you, you know, because God speaks to me in unfinished sentences a lot. You know, where you yeah. just, you know, spoke to God. He said, "Stop doing that." <laughs> it's like. <laughs> You know, something as simple as that, you know, nobody yeah. thinks of that being something from God. Um, well, he knows your intricate design and he knows how Brian is just going to best respond. So, they, you know, and that's what's crazy is that is the older I get, he just speaks to us all the day long. I mean, he, he really does. I mean, like, I, he knows all of horses. And so he speaks to me a lot through horses. I know it sounds crazy or through movies. <laughs> I will watch movies and go, oh, I see that. I see how that makes sense now. And it just, he just appeals to our senses on so many levels. And I think that's one of the fun things about getting to know him, especially as I, you know, as we grow in him. Um, what is on the horizon for Brian Duncan? What are you up to these days and where can we find you? All that fun stuff. Are you doing tours yeah. or what are you no, doing? You can, you can find me at brianduncan.com. Spell Brian with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N. Duncan is like Duncan Hines cake mix, I guess. brianduncan.com. Um, I've got a bunch of sentimental Christmas songs uh, about my kids growing up and they're pretty- Oh, how lovely. They're more touching stuff. And and right now, I'm uh, this Sunday, I'm, I'm uh, playing- uh, two worship songs at a church down in Los Angeles um, <clears throat> that are that are done in Motown style. It's like, you know, oh what, my gosh, love what it! What would a worship song sound like if Smokey Robinson was writing it? And nice, uh, it's so fun it, because Motown stuff. You remember if you're my age, oh, yeah. Motown stuff was just so happy sounding. It just sounded, oh, yeah. It was yeah. bouncy, and I'm going, man. I, I miss that in worship. I, mean, I feel like, yeah, feel like we have to flog ourselves before we sing worship stuff. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that God's always that excited about you know the genre. <laughs> I don't think God has a genre. <laughs> I hope not. You know, because that's in my book too. I said, I spoke to God. He said, he said, you know write some original worship music. I already have all of you two's stuff. <laughs> Love it. Oh, wow. Brian, I am excited for you to see what God has in store and how he just used your delightful personality and the songs that he will use you to create and these little grandkids. Oh, I hope they inherit your, uh, your sense of humor and your creativeness because i that's just such a blessing to us as long for i mean i think i mentioned in a phone call that i've been listening to you for a long time and i think my my kids growing up they listened to you you know they heard your music played on wlfj with love from jesus people <laughs> uh -huh. south carolina <clears throat> and um I, I never got to see you uh do live so i Please well, I don't get to South that. Carolina. <laughs> You're in South Carolina? Wow, that's... I, I just don't get down that far. Yeah. on the other I side mean, of the world. It, it, it is <laughs> It is the other side of the world. Yeah, and that's where we, you know, they grew up, but um, they they grew up, you know, you and a few others, you know, were uh, standards in what we listened to. And so, you know, when I say my kids grew up with you, that, I mean that as the highest compliment because... I think that my children, I know that my children, they have a good foundation because of artists like you, you know, yeah. telling a story, writing what God has placed on their heart. And it doesn't, you know, as artists and as Christians, I, I just don't think it, I don't know if it gets any better than that on this side, you know, uh, for us to know that there's an impact uh, on family. And uh -huh. so I'm, I'm ever grateful for you. You are such a delight. You really are. I, I knew you would be, and I knew you would be fun. 
So I, I have no doubt about that. So no, I, just have, I have a short attention span. That's all. I just have a short attention span. <laughs> that is not all. <laughs> God made you uh, just delightful. And so I'm, I'm, you remind us that God is fun. You really do. And I, I, that's not all you remind us of, but that he draws us to himself. And I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to hearing your Christmas song. Are you going to be putting out a, uh, are you working on it, putting together an album that we can listen to these lovely tunes on before well, you leave today? I'm, a, I'm an, I'm not on a major label anymore. I'm independent artist and I have to crowdfund all my stuff. So Okay. Uh, you'll see, uh, you know, an opportunity to donate to future music. We have, we have three projects in the works right now. One of them is the sentimental Christmas stuff. We've already recorded a couple of things for Christmas um, on that. And um, I, I, actually, we may do a, a record of of old hymns. I, I I did a funeral once, and I had to do some arrangements of songs my folks always used to sing. Uh, I come to the garden alone and uh, what a friend oh, yeah. we have in Jesus. And, you know, we may do something like that. And then I have, uh, you know, new, just new original songs that uh, go yeah. in a dozen directions. So it depends on what people uh, are willing to support uh, for the next project. It might gotcha. be the Christmas thing. Sounds like, seems to me that the Christmas thing might be the next uh, project. Absolutely. But you can find that at Brian. If, if you go to brianduncan.com, there's a place right there where it. I saw, I saw it this morning. Yes. Well, Brian, thank you so much. And to all the viewers and listeners, uh, I just want to say take this and share it. Check brianduncan.com out and invite Brian to come to your church and share his music and share his story. You will not be disappointed. And thank you again, Brian Duncan, for this lovely time on Healing Moments with Martha. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. And we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. 